All right, uh, let's get into it. Today is May 7th. Tomorrow is Mother's Day, May 8th. Uh, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions. Anything said in this podcast, future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD and PayPal. Thank you. <laughs> I almost forgot. Okay, uh, fresh from earnings whispers, uh, the earnings for this week before open on Monday include Palantir and Tyson. It'll be interesting to see how Palantir reports, just because I feel like so many people are in that stock. Uh, after close on Monday, you have Upstart uh, and AMC, as well as Plug Power. Uh, before open on Tuesday, there's Peloton. Uh, after close on Tuesday, you have Roblox, Unity, Coinbase, The Win Hotel, Rocket Companies, and SoFi. Before open on Wednesday, you have Yeti, Fiverr, Krispy Kreme, Krispy Kreme, <laughs> like Baby Kreme, Krispy Kreme, Wendy's, um, and PaySafe. After close on Wednesday, you have Disney and Rivian, as well as Beyond Meat and Bumble. You also have Sonos. Uh, before open on Thursday, there's Six Flags. After close on Thursday, you have Aurora, which is the marijuana company, as well as Figs. Um, and then, yeah, on Friday, not so much. This week, uh, personally, there's nothing that I'm necessarily uh, interested in intrinsically. Like, I'm not invested in any of these companies, and none of these companies look like they really affect any of the stocks I own, aka PayPal and... Um, AMD. Some can argue that maybe something from Upstart or SoFi can affect PayPal, but I think right now the biggest thing with PayPal is just what its um, future plans are with what they're going to do with their balance sheet. Because PayPal on paper looks really good, but it's just the forward-looking like uh, direction uh, of the company that people are unsure of. And honestly, uh, I'm unsure of too. Uh, they have a great balance sheet. They make a lot of money. They're cash flow positive. Their earnings per share is decent. Uh, and their uh, price to sales ratio is one of the best in the fintech industry. So curious to see like exactly what they end up wanting to do, whether if that's like diving more into crypto or really expanding into their like one app approach of just like providing everything within one app. Maybe that's like the key because I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I'm going to go uh, skate uh, when I'm back at home. I'm visiting my mom in about a week uh, for like two and a half weeks. It's It'll be fun. My mom's doing a lot better than ever before. So I'm kind of excited to like hang out with my mom when she's like near 100%. I mean, she's sounding really, really good um, as of late. And this has been like about like a month and a half. She's been sounding really good over the phone. Um, this is also a reminder to call your parents. They miss you. And if you don't have parents, I'm sure there are friends or um, other people you might consider family that would appreciate you calling. So, uh, you know, we seem always really, really busy, but uh, something that I've been saying as a recent is you make time for the things that you really do care about. So make time for those that you really do care about. You know, they will appreciate a hi, maybe it's even a text. Uh, it just depends on how you like to communicate, but yeah. So while none of the companies here uh, might directly affect any of my holdings or make me care enough uh, about my holdings, uh, there are a few companies that I will just be like looking at from afar. Uh, that includes AMC, that includes Palantir. Uh, I like to see uh, just like 
how people are taking in like these growth or you know uh, quote short squeeze stocks i just want to see what the general vibe is there um i like to see how unity is doing um just get like a good grasp on like how they report as well just because um you all know from the last episode i've been trying to get more and more into just like how to read earning statements and stuff so i like to look at unity's um rocket companies which is a mortgage lender company um is one that i'll like probably just look at just because you know i'm currently looking for a house i could um, you know every week that goes by and you know mortgage rates seem to not want to stop going down it just seems like you know maybe i'll just put the house thing on hold but i'll probably be taking a look at rocket uh, mortgages too rivian is also another company i'll probably be looking at for wednesday um uh, just because they're high growth you know maybe it's good tabs to keep track on what they're doing and see how they could effectively um uh, deal with uh, or not deal but how they could affect uh, amazon and then i think lastly yeah lastly i'll probably be looking at disney because disney is disney next uh i actually have a question uh so when a company gets acquired by another company, where on Yahoo Finance uh, can I find the numbers for that acquisition? Like, say a company pays like $1 billion for a company, or more specifically, uh, Nike paid an undisclosed amount of money to acquire another company. Uh, where on Yahoo Finance can I find that number? Uh, maybe not for that acquisition specifically, but just for acquisitions in general. Like I'm sure that they wouldn't have to disclose exactly which company or whatever on this UI. Like maybe in their SEC filing, I will know there. But I was wondering in the like, say for example, the financials, financials, the financials section, uh, whether if it's the part of the income statement or balance sheet or cash flow um ui like where is the where are the acquisition numbers is it like part of like would it be considered investing cash flow or would it be considered operation cash flow um i'm just not particularly sure it would have to be one of those two if it was cash flow because what financing is like taking on debt and then paying off debt right but investing could be i don't know an acquisition could be seen as an investment i guess or operating if they feel like they want to bring it part of their business i can see that being a part of a operating expense that you can like depreciate over time there's just so many ways you can hide numbers in this thing and it's just i'm also just figuring out that companies can uh definitely play around with the numbers to kind of come up with uh a said number there's like a saying that i've i've found on you know just as i'm like learning all of this like a good accountant will um get you the number that you want and uh and and only a, a regular accountant will get you the real number so it's just it's just funny uh, i'm just starting to learn like a whole lot of like the oogla boogla of just finances in general um which is making me like less motivated too at the same time but i'm really just trying to find like the preferred method of how i'll start evaluating companies from you know my perspective because i feel like that's healthy right instead of just like always saying like just buy what you like like what happens if i start liking something that has a lot of debt like what if i end up liking the next peloton like how am i gonna start justifying that 
Uh, like, what if I liked the new Tesla? Like, what if, yeah, with any of these new companies that are very high growth, what if I end up really liking the product? Fortunately, I haven't been really a big fan of like super, super high growth products that don't have a proven track record. I know some people are screaming into their like car speakers like, Junie, you liked NVIDIA and they're priced for perfection. Why could you say that? But NVIDIA's also proved that they're best of the best, right? And then Apple, like the same way Android people are like kicking their seats right now saying, no, Junie, you don't understand. We've been doing that for years. <laughs> it's not about that right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is, this, that's just a question. Where can I find uh, like acquisition numbers in the Yahoo Finance UI? If you know the answer, feel free to email me at juni at datagain.com. I'll read your answer after verifying it online, and then uh, I'll shout you out on the next episode or you know whatever episode you end up um, answering that question with. So I also want to give a uh, update on where the shirts are at, the Theta Gang shirts, the next piece of merch. Um, so instead of four or five companies on the back of the shirt, uh, I switched it up and I'm going to put four or five, uh, nonprofit orgs on the back of the shirt. Um, so I had to send like a, send out another round of emails and I like to like personalize all the emails that I send out. So it takes me like a long time to do those. Uh, but I got all of those done yesterday. Uh, just slammed through all of them throughout the day. Um, and then uh, one of them have already came back, and that's El Caldito uh, Soup Kitchen. El Caldito Soup Kitchen. They're in New Mexico um, since 1984. Uh, they've been uh, serving small meals to um, people in the New Mexico area. And uh, yeah, this was actually uh, somewhere I've donated to before. So as you know, some of you know, I had like a really good year last year. And the year before that, um, and like throughout the throughout the last two years, uh, I've always made it like a point that like, hey, if you're doing well, you should like you know sp help spread the wealth just like a little bit or do do something that can like spread awareness of like, oh yeah, maybe the hundred dollars I donate isn't gonna make the biggest difference, but something, and then maybe that can inspire just one more person to do the same or just whatever they're comfortable with, so. I've reached out to um, everyone that I've, I've basically donated to in the past. I've donated to uh, San Antonio Food Bank before, so I reached out to them. I've donated to Girls Who Code. I've emailed them. Um, I emailed, uh, who else, who else? Uh, why don't I just pull up the shirt? So I also emailed uh, NAMI, the uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness. And uh, I also donated to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, which is a breast cancer awareness um, nonprofit. So just waiting to hear back on whether or not I could put their logo on the back of the shirt. Um, you know, there's a good chance I don't hear back from many of them. I think El Caldito was able to respond so quickly because I just sent out the emails like last night at like 2 a.m. Um, that, uh, I mean these are a huge corp corporate or not corporation these are huge foundations so like uh i don't want I, I wouldn't expect them to get back to someone as like small as me but um hopefully they do it would be awesome to have them on the back of the shirt i feel like uh this is actually the better direction of you know just what i want to do with theta gang merch in general um so we'll see i'm really excited to at least have el caldito because um yeah, it just touches like a special 
place in my heart because, uh, yeah, I remember exactly uh, who recommended this uh, as somewhere to donate, um, and they've been going through some tough times there. And uh, yeah, this is just, I feel like this is just the absolute best direction this project could have gone in. So uh, I'll have more updates later. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about capitulation, uh, what it means, and what I've been observing around me, and uh, hopefully just share some of my thoughts about it. So stick around, and we'll get into it. You know, I'm not sure why I said stick around, because uh, it's not like I have ads on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I have, been, I have been listening to more podcasts as a recent, so maybe I'm just like picking up on their lingo. Um, so in, according to Investopedia... Uh, capitulation means to surrender or give up. In financial circles, this term is used to indicate the point in time when investors have decided to give up on trying to recapture loss gains as a result of falling stock prices. So what that basically means is you sell for a loss because you don't think you can uh, break even on the position. And you sell it, you wipe your hands off clean like this, and you're like, thank goodness I don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, and then your hope is that the market continues to go down uh, to make uh, your uh, capitulation or you know your action uh, justified. My initial thoughts there is you should do whatever you need to do to protect your mindset. You should never, and I mean never, be looking to anybody else but yourself when it comes to the decision, should I sell this, right? Like, even in the, oh my goodness, like the two-year massive rally that we've had, there are that there are always people in some sort of comment section, whether if it's stock twits or Wall Street Bets or any of those other finance subreddits, there are always people asking like, hey, should I close out my position for a loss? Should I sell these stocks for a loss? No one else can should, can or should be able to convince you to sell something. Only you can make that decision. You have the most context out of anybody, right? When you ask someone, should I sell this? Should I um, close this for a loss? They don't know how much your net worth is. They don't know if you're all in or not. They don't know which stocks you're particularly holding. They don't know what your portfolio looks like. They don't know what the position size of this particular position is. So you have all of this info that is kept to yourself because I'm sure that you know when you ask someone, should I sell this stock, you're not writing a like three-page double-space MLA, MLA citation um, paper on like the the thesis or the hypothesis of whether or not you should sell the stock. You're not doing that. You're you know most of the time or other people are most of the time just saying like you know, man, this feels really bad. Should I sell this stock now? And uh, the other person is you know more or less in a really advantageous spot to influence your choice because you know it takes a lot to ask help from the internet and to have that kind of trust. Right, that's how desperate people become. They get into spots where you know they invest into a stock that they didn't particularly believe them uh, believe in uh, themselves, and that led them to have what is called paper hands, I guess, when it comes to uh, market down movements. And so instead of having their own conviction, they look for other people's conviction to stay in the stock. And you can see how that ends up being 
uh, not such a good idea because you know you're you're supposed to be the one that calls the shots in your portfolio. You worked really hard for your money. I say that all the time, but I feel like people forget because you know if you get jaded by Wall Street bets, it gets really hard to kind of like break out of that shell. Now I'm not necessarily saying Wall Street bets is bad. Because that, those are my roots. That's where I learned all, like, that's, like, where I basically learned everything that I know. Because before there were, like, only memes like there are now, and they're, like, the very rare DD uh, that you get now, or the very rare uh, post that helps you, like, actually learn. Wall Street Bets used to be filled with that stuff way back in the day. And the good, spicy memes used to be really rare. But now it's just, like, it's just memes, whatever. Um, but anyway, my point is... Uh, about Wall Street Bets is because you're used to winning uh, and losing lots of money, it gets really easy to capitulate. Uh, retail traders are like really notorious, and that includes me, right? I'm a retail trader, so I have tons of bad habits, and that's what keeps me retail, and that's why I'm not, quote, professional, and quote, I'm not good at this. But um, when you get used to losing a lot of money, you start justifying capitulating uh, a lot more often than just like a regular retail investor where, you know, because you're so used to losing thousands of dollars on um, like options, uh, losing thousands of dollars on stocks seems like no, no big deal. It's like, oh yeah, I'll get a tax write off for the next like, I don't know, 10 or 20 years. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the joke of it, I guess. So that's just one thing that I wanted to bring up was that it's it's really easy to justify capitulating if you're just used to taking big losses, but also you know used to having big wins. I'll be fair. Um, another thing that you know I've been seeing in like my friend group, um, but also just like observing online and you know some of my like finance related friends is I'm starting to see capitulation. I'm hearing more and more people sell out of their red positions, um, closing for a loss, uh, you know, to stop the bleeding. That's usually like the, the phrase. Um, and to that is like, I don't know if that's the best decision. And, you know, I'm never going to say, oh, you shouldn't sell because of this or, you know, um, you should sell now because of this. I'm not the person um, to tell people what to do. I think people should do whatever they want with their hard-earned money. Uh, but it is something that I'm observing. And if, you know, history repeats itself, that does mean that we're getting close to the bottom. Um, at the bottom of COVID was definitely, uh, you know, the bottom of the COVID crash was definitely when I was hearing most people close out of their red positions um but understandably slow or so right because like it was really scary i i mentioned all the time that i was like scared to go to the grocery store during that time so um it's just an interesting fact that i've been observing uh people are closing their positions for a loss uh, to stop the bleeding uh if we ri start ripping higher i mean just the piece of advice that i'd you know like to say is you know make sure you have a plan on the way up uh it's easy just to like kind of kick back and chill um, when the market's going down, especially if you know you exited for cash and it keeps going down. Like congrats, you basically made the right decision. 
Um, but there needs to be some sort of plan for when the market starts going back up. And you know that probably means not investing all of your money back in right when the market starts going back up because who knows, it could be another dead cat bounce like the last like four that we've had. There's been a many, many scenarios where the market has thought that it was gonna go back up. But uh, time and time again, uh, it's just a dead cat bounce like every time. So to that, uh, you know, if you are one of the few that have capitulated, um, then, you know, just have a certain price in mind for your favorite stocks. You know, maybe take this time right now to find the stocks that you like that you can potentially get on a, a discount price for when you think you're ready to join the stock market again. Uh, I also want to just like say as like a last note here that there's nothing wrong with capitulating. Um, I think capitulating gets like a really uh, bad rep, rep, rep. Is it does it have bad form? Is it a bad rep? Um, capitulation has a lot of negative stigma. I think it's fine and it's okay to do, uh, especially if it protects your mental max loss. Like whatever you need to do to keep this like a lifelong hobby, I think you should do. If you think selling right now is what is best for you, you should do it. Uh, if you know you have a gut feeling that you don't want to sell, but then all your friends are telling you to sell, you shouldn't sell. You need to do what you think is best. And the things you need to start understanding is when do you need your money? Do you need your money? And what is your trading horizon? This is something that's come up in the Discord like a like maybe like a like a week ago or two weeks ago something like that. I thought it was a I thought it was a particularly like insightful question. Like as I was typing it, I was just like kind of hardening like my my thesis on like why I'm holding right because I'm down twenty seven thousand dollars and my net liquid is one seventy nine. So one seventy nine plus twenty seven. Uh, that's 206 or no i basically have 180 i guess so 180 plus 27 and then that's 207 so 27 divided by 207 i'm currently down uh 13.04 percent uh how much is spy down right now like how am i doing compared to spy stock year to date 13.89. Hey, I'm doing better than Spy. <laughs> and I'm invested in PayPal. That's insane. <laughs> Cuz PayPal PayPal's PayPal's graph is not doing so hot. But wow, I'm beating Spy. That's insane. See, it's about finding the small victories that keep you going. It's it's all about what about Nasdaq? QQQ. Year to date. NASDAQ is down 23%. I'm beating the NASDAQ by 10 whole percent. See, this is all this is about. You know, you you, you see that meme where like this, the guy's like spraying himself in the face of the champagne and he's and then the meme zooms out and he's actually just third place. Like, <laughs> that's me right now. Um, yeah, so that's what capitulation is. It's just a definition of a word that we went over. I don't have any negative thoughts against it. Um, I think protecting yourself is absolutely number one uh your mental health is super important if you feel like you're working too hard at work i i've heard through the grapevine and the discord some pretty cool uh tips uh about how you can know if you're you know 
a little bit out of sync with your work-life balance. Ooh, sorry for the awkward cut. I had to go find those words of wisdom because uh, I didn't want to butcher it too bad. Um, but yeah, from, from the patrons in the Discord, you guys uh, and girls know who you are. I don't want to go ahead and just like put you on blast. So um, the one uh, of the words of wisdom or a few of the words of wisdom is uh, uh, when it gets so busy that you have to uh, hold in your bathroom break to the point of discomfort, that's a, that's a pretty red flag and that you should... Maybe take that as an indicator just to reevaluate your work-life balance. I know that I'm a huge, like, I'm I'm guilty of this, basically. Like, I find myself a lot of times, like, uh, like holding it in as I, like, have to, like, go to my very next meeting. And sometimes it's just like, oh, I want to get the meeting out of the way. And I don't, you know, want to stress about having to use the bathroom and stuff. So, yeah, just, I, I thought that one was a pretty good indicator. And this next one is one that I've mentioned before too, very slightly, maybe in like the 1% section on like a previous podcast episode. Um, but this one comes from another patron and uh, this one says, uh, my red flags are if I can't find 15 minutes to work out in an eight hour day or if I'm eating my lunch while working or on calls to save time. That one's huge. So that one actually made me check myself this week. So my entire life i've always just had this like really hard rule of no eating on your or no no eating (laughs) no working on my lunch break but now that i've been working from home it just seems so much more efficient just to squeeze in the meeting that's supposed to be for tomorrow during my lunch break today especially if i'm just like in front of my screen and i could just eat at the same time but then what ends up always happening is a meeting gets scheduled tomorrow because of that same mentality during the same time and it doesn't end up being a time save it just means like more work and i'm not afraid of necessarily doing more work i mean i'm i like to think that i'm a pretty disciplined and hard worker but it's like man if i if i have to eat to save time like um where where's that hour going like do i actually get like an hour break and um am i actually working like way more now now that i'm at home and it's like it's it's it just led to a whole bunch of questions that led me to start asking myself um so that was one thing um but then the other thing that stood out to me was the the can't find time to work out during an eight hour day so i'm not i don't really need to particularly work out in the middle of my day but something that uh, I use as a huge indicator of whether or not uh, my work-life balance is in check is if I can make it to my jiu-jitsu class. Um, and if I don't do jiu-jitsu for like a day, like I feel like I'm bloated. I feel like I just need to like sweat. I feel like I get like hot easily. Um, I don't know what it is, but my body's weird. I don't know if this is a normal reaction or not. But I've, I've gotten so accustomed to like going to jiu-jitsu like five days a week that like if I just sit still uh, without going to jiu-jitsu for like, like say I, for example, I miss jiu-jitsu for a day, I start sweating like pretty easily. Um, and I don't know if that's like my body uh, like learned that learned like, oh, you know, this is the time of day that you usually sweat or something. Um, or maybe that's my metabolism going because I'm eating healthier or something. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of weird things. But my point is, sorry for that really weird tangent there. Um, if I can't make it to like my pre-planned commitments outside of work, then that's a red flag. Because like 
what am I working for? Like, I'm working so I can, like, collect a paycheck and enjoy my life outside of work, too, right? Like, my work is not my life. I love my work. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the people that I work with. I love the people I work for. I love the things I work on. But if I don't go to jujitsu, I'm cranky AF, okay? So, <laughs> um, gotta make time for that. That's happened twice in the, like, last month. So that's like a huge, that was a huge indicator for me. Uh, but all the deadlines got done and uh, my life is now back on track. And it's safe to say that I am just one of those days where I miss jiu-jitsu, where I'm just one more day closer to uh, my last day. So I'm really, really trying to make this work. I've been at my job for like a really long time. This is like the longest job I've held without like switching just because they take care of me and stuff. And um, yeah, it. I don't know. I, I really like where I work and the people I work with. But dang, when I miss jujitsu, it, it just hits different now. I, I feel like I'm so into it like I, I just got wrecked at the 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 jiu-jitsu tournament that i was just talking about was it last week or the, the week before that yeah i got wrecked i got destroyed um and that has like ignited a fire in me like you know most i'd say like most people when they like compete or they do something and then they lose really bad like a lot of people quit that's the kind of stuff that fires me up it's like no this is a this is my hero origin story like I, i'm gonna have the rocky music playing um and so man i've been like turning up the heat when i've been like drilling and stuff uh yeah anywho um is there anything else Oh, let me let me give you guys and girls like the rundown on housing real quick. Just cause I'm like so, I'm like kind of in it. Like also, yeah, I know I mentioned before, um, looking for an email if uh, you know you have the answer to the, you know where can I find company acquisitions in the Yahoo Finance uh, dashboard. Um, but here's another question: like, how is your housing search coming along? I'll go ahead if you put time and effort into your, you know, reply. As long as it's not like keep getting beat on ass, it feels horrible. Uh, um, you know, if you actually, you know, put some time and effort into it, I will read it off on the next podcast episode or any other podcast episodes for that matter. You know, a lot of replies that uh, come in. If there's a lot of time and effort put into it, like if I could tell it's like actually a genuine like uh, like email, I'll usually just read it off in the in the podcast. Otherwise, you know, I can guarantee you that I'll read it. And sometimes uh, I actually just straight up just respond. Um, but yeah, uh, let me know how your job search has or not job search your house search has been going. If I go into Redfin, I'm in my. Uh, area of choice uh, my area of choice is the infamous uh, Orange County uh, and then here I go into loan details uh, <laughs> let, me, let me see here let me actually open this up in incognito because I know it def it's just defaulted yeah so the default like mortgage estimate rate right now is 5.196 uh, and like for example, this is this house is like purposely underpriced. This one's seven fifty, but just with a down payment of one fifty, which is twenty percent, uh, you're looking at a mortgage of forty two hundred dollars. If we change it back to three percent, what it was before, 
it becomes three thirty four hundred dollars. So that's like six hundred dollar difference from I don't know, like a year ago or like a year and a half ago. Um, so then now it's like you know if we're headed to six percent. Let me see there. Six percent. That's forty five hundred. We go to seven percent. That's forty nine hundred. Like every percent is four hundred bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. And you know, I feel like I make like an okay amount of money. Like I feel like I made more money than my parents, you know, in the same time period on a relative scale but like if i have trouble affording like a nice house like a decent house at this point then it's like wow what is happening man and i see i see all these like um subreddits with like uh the housing market stuff and uh people are talking about the wealth gap and you know if some people are saying well you know demand's gonna go down if people can't afford houses and then the counter argument to that is well Housing markets can keep just going up. If the 1% just continue buying homes or you know the wealthy keep buying homes, then that just leads to the wealth gap widening. There's no real um, re a reduction of demand to really fluctuate the price. I mean, that's of course dependent on also what area you look. Orange County is just like kind of infamous for being like kind of expensive. Um, but yeah, so I've been reading about that. And then there's like a lot of people also calling for a crash it's like oh, i just don't think it's going to happen there are too many people that make like a decent wage now and that's also been a factor in like inflation right when you have to compete and give people higher and higher paychecks that leads to the company needing to raise the cost of their goods that trickles down to the consumer that leads to the inflation of prices of goods, and it's not good for really anybody. Besides, I mean, I guess the person that's getting the the fatter paycheck. But um, you know, some can argue that that's that's good for the worker. But if it blows, you know, inflation out of the water, and you know, not a lot of people can argue for that higher paycheck too. It's like the usually the more like educated or ones that are in a really specialized field that can do that. Like for example, like maybe like a grocery store clerk doesn't have that much uh, like negotiation power, but yeah, it's insane. You know, I'd love to write a SQL query uh, one time and then get paid 500K. <laughs> oh, call me a data engineer, please. <laughs> select all uh from users right that's how it goes or is it drop table <laughs> oh it's okay it's okay uh but yeah um so i'd love to hear your thoughts on just the housing market in general if you have any opinion on that maybe you work in the housing industry or um you know if you want to just say <laughs> oh oh whoa something got caught in my throat if you want to just say hi go ahead and send those in to um, but then just one last reminder, if you know where to see the acquisition numbers on the Yahoo Finance dashboard, please write me an email at juni.thetagame.com. That's it for today. I'm going to go climb with some of my friends at a bouldering gym. And then, uh, yeah, I'll see everybody next week on the live stream. And then uh, if you're not there, I'll see everybody on the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the podcast episode for next week. Thank you, and bye-bye.
Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Game. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Game. You can email me at Juni at ThetaGame.com. Theta Game is probably part of my Tasty Works. And signing up uh, with the Theta Game referral code is a huge help. That's Theta Game, one word, all caps. I want to give a shout out to my patrons here. That's Pocket Change, Avrilian. Oh, I keep burping the Diet Coke. Oops. That's not going to be so good for climbing. Uh, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZN, Symmetrix. Pastor Bedtime, Empty Cans, Mods, Norco, Royal, Mitch Bader 7, Upstream Puddle, GJ Wilson, BJ Kim, Statistically Random, Steven Shares, uh, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Island Bell, DJ Mac 86, Nov, Vlad TC, Maltman1856, M. Hayden, Little Little, Mr. Sneezy, Mando Dum Dum, Grandpa 95, Leo Justin, Fancy Wolf, Maestro XC, McFly, Seneca, Mememem, Chicken Dinner, Ivan Yurkinov, Arfman, Larsko, Tortilla Zero Service, Jesper, The Jester, Chris, uh, Crispy Cream Boy, Kaput, Rest of Your Shifty, AG, Theater ULXV, El Finko, 4RT, Can't Make Money, RL, and Ensis88. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, one of these days, I'll have time to record a 1% section, but I feel like, as of late, I don't have time to do that. Uh, but I've kind of squeezed, I've been kind of squeezing it in, in the, I guess, the main show. Um, but yeah, I'm already late to start heading out for the bouldering place, but uh, yeah, everyone, take it easy. Uh, this next week, who knows, maybe we have, like, a huge rally off of these, like, support bottoms that we've been generating. Some of the, I, I mean, I guess I should have some value at the end because I know some people still listen to the very end. Um, I'm heavily looking into Costco right now. I'm heavily looking into Nike and I'm heavily looking into Target. Uh, I feel like these are like pretty much the stocks that I want to get into in the event that I liquidate or capitulate on my uh, PayPal position. Uh, my AMD position is down, but... I'm more confident with my AMD position just because I've just stuck it out so long with semis before and that's always turned out to be okay. Um, AMD, um, the blackout period for its like, what is it, $10 billion buyback? What is, what is AMD's buy AMD buyback? What number is that? Just real quickly. The $8 billion share reach purchase program, the blackout period uh, ended. So now they can start buying back shares and the the shares are cheaper than ever right or not than ever but like cheaper than they were definitely like last november or like six months ago half a year wow it's been half a year since november that's crazy um but yeah so i'm more confident in amd just because you know they raise guidance and stuff like their their future is very it's not so predictable but it's much more predictable than like paypal which is my main criticism of paypal right now it's cheap. It's price to sales ratio is really decent. Maybe that will be the actual indicator that we talk about next week. Yeah. So I guess listening to the very end, you know what the next episode is going to be about. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent. I'm already late. Uh, I hope everybody has an amazing week. Uh, stick in there if you want to stick in there. Um, uh, and by that, I mean, like, if you don't want to sell your stocks, don't sell your stocks. If you want to sell your stocks, you should sell your stocks. You should do whatever you want to do. You shouldn't listen to anybody else says, uh, unless if they're a professional person that you respect and that you really trust. I'll put that disclaimer in there. Um, and then, yeah, I'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.